What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. This is just a quick bonus episode for everyone. Uh, this is a short segment of an interview that we gave uh, for a podcast called Red-Blooded Outdoors with some friends of ours, Brian Scott. You may have heard Brian's testimony here on the 307 Podcast and uh, his son, Walker Scott. Um, this is just a short clip. If you want to hear the full interview, just search Red-Blooded Outdoors Podcast. Uh, I'll attach a link to their podcast in the show notes of this bonus episode. But it's uh, it's just my and Blake's take on a question that we were asked. What advice would you give a young man who is searching or in the very early stages of his or her relationship with Christ? And I think that this segment of our conversation potentially applies to each and every one of you guys out there that might be listening, that might be searching for some logic behind uh, why we should believe in Jesus or, um, yeah, any of that kind of stuff. So here it is, bonus episode. Hope you enjoy it. I'm just throwing it out there for you. Again, the full conversation is on Red-Blooded Outdoors podcast. If you like this portion, go check out the rest of it. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See y'all next week. I don't remember what it's like to be 17. I ain't going to act like it. I know I was dumb as a rock. But a young man that's in his infancy searching for Christ. Well, I mean, y'all got some words for that. A young man, 17 years old, searching for Christ. Is that how old you are? Yeah. I, I would I would first approach it. I, I think it's always a... a great thing when you are searching you know i think that there is obviously an aspect of faith when you when you're talking about believing in in god but i think that there's also a lot of logic that can lead that that can really point you in the in the right direction so you know, I, I wish I would have had someone sit down with me when I was younger and not just tell me about Jesus, but talk to talk me through the logic behind like Jesus, like you, you, if like the Bible to me is so logical. You, it would almost be illogical or, or ignorant not to believe in it. I mean, right. from the very first verse, God created, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The, what is the whole universe composed of? Time, space, and matter. In the beginning, that's the time. God created the heavens, that's the space, and the earth, that is matter. Like, just in the first verse or two of the Bible, I'm like, oh, this makes this makes total sense to me. Right. And then, you know, you look at you look at Jesus, which is the cornerstone of everything. You know, Jesus is the crux of it all. Um he, it's the essential ingredient to salvation. 
And you say, you know, how in the world, like, first of all, you have to understand the logic behind why you need, why you needed a sacrifice, right? Um, and I think that the simple, and put this in the simplest terms, and this is biblical, God, the creator, he created us simply because he wanted companionship. It was just for his pleasure. It's the same reason that we own dogs. So, you know, you own a dog. You guys are dog guys. You, you know, you, you have a dog because you like that companionship. Something that is going to love you and want to spend time with you. And, and, you know, a dog loves you unconditionally, man. Right. They want to spend time with you. And, and that's the, the for me, in, a, in country boy logic, that's the best relationship that I can, the best way I can explain the, the relationship between us as humans and God. He wanted, he created us, formed us, made us in his image because he simply wanted companionship. I understand that. Right. I, I mean, I hope all of us can understand that, right? But what happened is, is he gave us free will. All right. Because if you create something to be, we, we can't comprehend creating something, but if God created us to be in companionship with him, but he took away our ability to choose, well, then we're s essentially slaves, right? Compared yeah. to children, too. Yeah. I mean, if you, you had a kid and, and you somehow could force that child to say, you have to do everything, you know. That's right. Then, right. Yeah. What what are you getting out of yeah. that? Yeah. So right. there would not be true companionship. Now, you know, and so so we have we have free will in in the beginning, but God was with us. He was here. He was walking in the garden and and being in companionship with Adam and Eve and um we had this free will and we as human beings, created human beings, made the choice to separate from him. We chose, we chose because, we, well, we were, we were tempted and we chose to break that connection, right? Right. Um, and that is where sin entered the world and humanity, right? So <clears throat> look, at that point, we were no longer in companionship with God, right? Right. And and so we were we were disconnected from Him. He see God is a God is perfect. He's totally righteous. You can see His perfection in the stars. You can see His perfection in nature. He's a perfect being, and and He can't tolerate sin because being perfect means He's also perfectly righteous. And so we were separated from Him. But he loved us so much, right? He loved us so much, he yearned for, for that companionship to be rekindled, that be, for us to be reconciled back with him. He came down to this earth and provided the sacrifice that we needed in order to be reconciled back to him. He took the burden, all that burden that, that we piled on ourselves, 
If you're a human being, don't ask why bad things happen to good people. Don't freaking ask that. It happens because we made the freaking choice. We chose that. And right. we're not good in the first place. We're, There's only one person that was ever good. Okay, yeah, that's right. So he he took all of that upon himself and was crucified on a cross. Now he had to do that, right? Why did why did he have to why couldn't he had, why couldn't he have just said, you know what, I'm gonna forgive these humans? Why couldn't he have done that? Well, he's totally righteous. And guess what happened prior to all this? There was there was a being, an archangel named Lucifer. Lucifer also chose the same thing that we chose to break away from God, to be like God, right? God casted Lucifer out of heaven, banished him from heaven, right? Broke that companionship with him. Well, we did the same things as humans. So why couldn't we, why couldn't God just say, well, I'm going to forgive these humans? Because guess what? The old accuser was there. Right. Lucifer was there saying, God, you say you're completely righteous. You banished me from heaven. You can't just forgive these humans, right? He, for him to maintain his complete righteousness, he had to bear our burden as humanity. He had to do that, right? Do y'all understand what yeah, I'm saying I'm, here? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so Jesus was took all that on, nailed to the cross. He died. They put him in a tomb. All right. Now, if it would have stopped there, uh, we would all be screwed. But something happened. He rose from the dead. Now, Cooney. You're talking to me. You look at me. You say, how in the crap am I supposed to believe a Jewish guy rose from the dead 2,021 years ago? You really want me to believe that? Huh. That sounds freaking insane. It's not that insane. I want you to think about something. Back then, you know, we have government now. Yeah. Right? You know what? You understand government. Yeah. Well, back then, the government in charge was called the Roman Empire. Very similar to our government that we're living under now. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So the Roman Empire was in, in charge along with the Jewish people. So the, the Rome had taken over Jerusalem, but the Jewish people were still there in the city, just living under the rule of the Roman Empire. They lay this guy, they, Jesus crucified. That's a historical fact. That's not just in the Bible. That's in Roman records. There are records of Jesus Christ being crucified. It's a historical fact. Well, after three days, there's these daggone redneck fishermen running all over Jerusalem saying that this guy named Jesus has risen from the dead. They're like, hey, I just saw him. He's alive, right? The tomb was empty. The the Roman Empire sent a detachment of guards to stand watch and guard that tomb because guess what if anybody had an interest in keeping that body in that tomb in order to put this whole christianity thing to rest it was the roman empire and the jews the two people that were in control of everything that's why they sent a detachment of soldiers over there to stand guard on this thing right the stone was rolled away 
the tomb was empty, and you got a bunch of redneck fishermen running around saying, I just saw Jesus. He's alive. I touched the holes in his hands. I sat down and ate with him. He's not a spirit. He's alive. He's in his body. Okay. Well, look. It's so, it, it confuses the crap out of me. Why in the world did the authorities that were in charge, why did they not just produce a body? That's all they had to do. All they had to do was find Jesus' body, drag it out into the street, and say, you bunch of dummies, you're saying this dude has risen from the dead, here's his body. It would have ended everything right then and right. right there. There would be no Christianity. That's all they had to do. But they couldn't do it. There was no body. It, it, it may, it, you, you just can't, you can't explain it. It's, it's, it's logical. Now, going beyond that, these crazy 11 fishermen, they continue to run around spreading the word that Jesus has risen from the dead. And the Roman Empire and the Jews are telling these 11 fishermen, they're saying, if you keep saying this, we're putting you in prison. Or you keep saying this and we're going to kill you. Right? Now, those 11 men were the only people that ever lived on the face of the earth that knew for a fact whether Jesus rose from the dead or whether he didn't. They're the only ones that could know without, without having to have any faith, right? So the fact that they believed that Jesus rose from the dead, that didn't require any faith for them because they saw him. Right. They all saw him. So they're spreading this message. The government authorities are saying, I'm going to kill you if you keep saying this. Now, if they knew the things that they were saying were a total lie. Do you think that they would have given their lives for that message? Right. I would beg to say they probably would have shut their mouths, right? right. Because they are the only people that would have known without a doubt that either, yes, this dude is risen. And, and if, you see, if you see your buddy get up from the grave and walk around, Ain't nobody going to stop you from, from telling people about that. You'll give your life for that. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's the most logical, best explanation for where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. There is not a better story that exists on earth. And so... For anybody that's searching for Jesus, I would encourage you that there is a lot of logic behind it. Although at the end of the day, a certain measure of faith is required, there's also a lot of science that points to intelligent design of our earth. And you don't have to be a freaking scientist in my opinion. It takes nothing more than common sense to look around you and recognize that somebody built this. Take nothing more than common sense to me, but science actually points overwhelmingly to intelligent design. 
So if you want to look at it from a logical angle, that's the best way I can explain it to you. Uh, I don't. I don't think you can beat that explanation. And and faith is required to believe either way because none of us were born when the earth was created, and none of us were there to say Jesus rose or died. So you can present the facts and say this makes the most sense to me. I'm going to have faith that Jesus rose from the dead and that God created the earth. And if you choose the other way, you still got to have faith yeah. that he didn't. You just it's, it's where you're putting your faith at, you know? Right, the theory right. of evolution is a religion. Yeah. It is it, it, because of what Blake said. Right. It, you've got two choices. You can believe that we evolved from nothing, that something became nothing and then became us. You can believe that is an illogical religion because it requires more faith for me to believe that than to look around me and believe in what the Bible says. Right, right. When's the last time y'all saw something come from nothing? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Or from just a big old mess, a big old pile of chaos. Of that course. goes against the laws of science. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I think that's a great explanation, and, and those are the, that answers the two questions. Like, that's the... Most people can get along with the Bible. Like, they're like, it says a lot of good things. I agree with a lot of this. The hang-ups are... Who created the earth and the divinity of Jesus? Did he raise from the dead? Is is he actually God in the flesh? Those are the two hang-ups. He's the, the rock of offense. Yeah, yeah. the stumbling block. And that's, those are perfect perfect right. explanations for that. Yeah, and the Bible says so in so many places. The Bible is a prophetic book. That's another thing that sets the Bible apart from all of the religious books in the world is the Bible claims to predict the future. And in and, and throughout history, the Bible has ac accurately predicted the future, especially for the Jewish people. All right. The Bible says that in the last days, there will be pestilence. There will be plagues. It's, it's, it, it talks about all of well, the last days started when Jesus ascended into heaven. Right. So we've been going through this process of the last days for the last 2021 years. All right, now we're a lot closer to that last day now than we were 2,021 years ago. But yes, you're right. This is all a part of the process. The earth is groaning, right? And, and this stuff will continue. Um, I, I, I'm not being negative, but it will continue to progressively get worse. The times that we're living in now, you cannot compare our this what's happening right now in the world to anything else in human history because we are now a global society right we are global right this right. is so unique the things that are happening now and let me tell you another thing about common sense you want to look at science science will tell you that this earth cannot keep going the way the way it's going there there are there are scientists that study food how 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 to feed the population of the earth and literally they're looking like 5 years 6 years out and they're saying if the population of the earth continues to grow at this rate, 
we don't understand how we're gonna feed people like right. uh, like we're exhausting our natural resources we're we're destroying our earth we're we're like a plague we ourselves are like a plague on the earth i mean right, it's just right. like uh and so yeah it, it can't it cannot keep going right i've never thought about it like that Cooney. well you get caught up in your comfort you know i'm good i've been good for 45 years uh-huh. and stuff like that don't cross your mind you know what i mean that the the earth's getting ate up. Yeah. Like, like eight slap up. You ever thought about that, raccoon? No. I, it's, it's time for you to get fired up, son. Let's I, get to rolling. I would say, too, you know, you, you asked what advice for a 17-year-old. So Chad gave a perfect explanation, not only for a 17-year-old, but for anybody who is in question of Jesus Christ. Like, is did he die? Did he not? What, what about Christianity? But once you get there and you decide, all right, this does make sense to me. And as a young man, you say, what, uh, like, where should I start? What are some things I should look out for? And, you know, I can think back to my time being a young Christian. I would um, discount myself for my youth, right? Like, I had studied the Bible longer than some grown men have. But I would discount what I know over what they knew because of my age. And and if you find yourself there, go read the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy because Timothy was a young man when he was when he was going doing work and Paul is writing these letters to him and that that's exactly what he tells him is don't be discouraged in your youth. To to just whatever God's got for you, go out there and share it because just because you're young doesn't mean anything. Age is, is just simply a number to count the years you're here. It is not to measure the maturity of your faith in the gospel of anything. And, I mean, I've, I found myself there. So that's one piece of advice that I would give to someone who is young. And then I think it's, uh, I think Teddy Roosevelt may have said this, and I don't know the quote exactly, but it's it, it goes something like, do what you know how to do with what you have where you're at. So if you are hadn't been studying it that long and you don't know much about what to do, you know something about what to do. So do what you know right now with the resources around you that you have and do it where you're at. Don't get hung up and say, well, when I, when I really learn these verses and memorize these verses, I'll share it with people. Or when I, you know, when I get moved to this spot where, Maybe I feel like I can make a bigger impact, you know. Then, then I'll start sharing it because right. the people that are around me right now, they don't really need it, or they're not, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be receptive of what I'm sharing. So, right. the time is now. It, it's, it's never. There's always more you can learn. I've been studying that Bible for, I don't know, ten, twelve years, and I feel like I know the the pinhead. Right. Is, is is how much I know the pinhead in a size of a basketball. Right. You know. So you're never gonna know it all. But there's something that you know. God has put inside of each one of us something that we have to deliver to our generation. And it's unique to each one of us. And if we don't share it because we're worried about it's not gonna impact what's people gonna think about us, we're robbing the generation 
of that gift. There's a guy named Miles Monroe that says, he asked the question, what do you think the richest soil on the earth is? Like, where is it? And he says, it's not the gold mines, it's not the oil fields, it's the graveyard, because if we could harvest the potential that died in those graves of cures to diseases that were never found, of books that were never written, songs that were never sung, all of that stuff. If we could harvest that, can you imagine how rich that potential would be? Dad, boom. Yeah. Yeah, believe that. I ain't never thought about that. And, and, and let me tell you what's happening. Blake said that we are here in this time and place to fulfill a very specific surf uh, purpose, right, within the body of Christ. And what is happening right now, and I believe is going to continue to happen over the next over the next part of my lifetime, however much longer that I have left, is this. This is this is this is being fulfilled right here. This prophecy here in Acts chapter two, verse seventeen, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I believe that I know, I know that God sees what's going on right now in this world. He hears the cries of the unborn children that are being murdered by the hundreds of thousands. Right. He hears those cries. And guess what? He's raising up a army of young men, of young women, of old men, of old women. He's putting a fire in people's hearts that would never had had a fire in past times. He's raising up a legitimate army within the body of Christ, and he's pouring out his spirit on each and every one of us and you better get ready son because you're about to prophesy things into this world and into your community and into the people that you run into that's going to blow their freaking socks off and you're going to see visions i've seen visions it's coming you better be ready because if you're going to get on this train right now in this time that we're living in you better be ready to roger up son you think i'm a bad dude because i'm a navy seal i'm not a bad dude because i'm a navy seal I'm a bad dude because I'm a born again son of God, Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the creator of, of everything, the beginning and the end. And he lives in me and you can't freaking stop me. Believe that. That's why. That's what's happening right now. That's why you feel the urge as a 17-year-old man. You're feeling that pull because God is raising up an army. I'm telling you, man. Believe it's got to happen. He's sick of seeing unborn children murdered by the hundreds of thousands. He's sick of seeing the evil. He's sick. He's about to end all this crap, man. That's right. But he needs an army to collect up as many people as he possibly can and point them to him because he desires everyone to be saved. He even loves the people that are murdering our children. He loves them. He wants them to be saved. He's long-suffering. He, he's, he's putting this off so that, that we can hopefully reach them. But this ain't no freaking joke right now, man. And it ain't never been a joke. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, it ain't no joke. 
Right. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, I I hate to see what kind of persecution we're going to suffer. I say send it, son. Send it. 